their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey everyone, welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. I'm Rick Walker. Hey, it's good to be back. And uh, today we're having some fun. We're having more philosophical topics after um, some technical stuff. But today we're going to start thinking about some some different kind of camera stuff and some trends in, in photography. And so what are we going to talk about today, Rick? Well, this isn't a new thing because it's been around for a long time, but we're really going to talk about the APS-C format, also mm -hmm. called the DX format by Nikon. And its role today and where is it going and where and what's going on and some rumors of new things coming out and you know so it'll be centered on that and we'll we'll talk a little bit about advantages and disadvantages of the format but you know i think getting into it um one of the things that made us think about this is there are some rumors about some new canon cameras coming out mirrorless ones an r7 and an r10 which would use the same uh, lens mount that's found on their like R5 and R6 uh, cameras or R3, et cetera, you know, all of their new mirrorless cameras. But unlike their older mirrorless cameras that you had an APS-C format, um, this will be something that will, you could be exchanged or interchanged between all of those cameras and that would have a more, a longer lifespan there. The current Canon mirrorless consumer cameras that use an M mount, those will go bye-bye here shortly. Mm. You know, it was kind of a dead end thing. So this will have a little bit more longevity. So historically speaking, you know, where did these sensors? So this is a sensor with roughly 1.5 to 1.6 uh, depending on the brand you yeah. know quote crop factor we've talked about that before but you know somewhat smaller than traditional 35 millimeter with the effect that you end up getting an angle of view that is effectively one and a half to 1.6 times longer than what what the focal length would look like or the angle of view would look like if you were shooting mm -hmm. with 35 millimeter cameras and a long time ago, you know, back in the day when we were both shooting primarily Nikon stuff, I mean, this was the only format that we had. Um, and there were reasons for that, presumably. I mean, started off, they had to figure, you know, the cost of sensor and the yields and things like that when the technology was new. Making big sensors wasn't a good economic route to go down. I mean, it took a while um, to get there. Um, so for a while there, all the Nikon digital cameras were what they call dx format and we shot those and that's what we had um now nowadays that's not not the case but the 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 crop sensor has remained in the nikon canon and sony lineups right so they still all offer cameras that that have that so and then you have brands like fuji which has a whole lineup of mm -hmm. aps-c camera models although they're x um, cameras are that way and they've got corresponding lenses um, right you know pretty nice set of them not as many as you'll find in the other brands but in the case of fuji they've kind of adopted this format as their 
mm-hmm. primary format. So their entire system is basically designed around around that sensor size. So that's a that's a slightly different thing. When you have a manufacturer now, let's talk about um, uh, some of these things. We'll get into it in a minute. But like, what are the compelling advantages of the smaller sensor format? Um, you know, the traditional stuff is is typically you could have smaller lenses, <laughs> you could have uh, lighter weight, smaller bodies, and this is certainly something that Fuji does pretty well. It's something that Olympus does with their micro four thirds really well. We've talked well, about even that. smaller, yeah, even, even smaller. But um, we've both owned uh, DX Nikon cameras in addition to having a full frame uh, or thirty five millimeter camera for some specific advantages, and that is for some subjects, especially like wildlife and maybe sports, that extra angle of view is is a little bit useful it can be very helpful yeah narrowing down that angle of view um, can be a good thing now you know one of the points that comes up commonly especially now with the high res full frame sensors is Mm -hmm. you can always just crop down and that is absolutely true absolutely true so if all you're really wanting to get is a narrower angle of view and you've got something like a 45 or 50 megapixel camera you you're pretty good yeah you're pretty good yeah now what's interesting about some of those rumors like the r7 it's supposed to be a 33 megapixel camera so pretty good resolution for a aps-c camera to to have a full-sized image that you then crop down to that amount would require something like 85 megapixels yeah and you're not getting that (laughs) not not right now so this would be a a pretty reasonably priced probably option for people who are heavily into bird photography wildlife photography Mm -hmm. not so much for other things but you know there would certainly be advantages for right. them. Now, another thing that we used to discuss is a you know theoretical advantage. Um, you know, for cameras that have mounts that allow you to use both lenses that are designed for the APS-C format, the smaller image circle, as well as traditional 35 millimeter format lenses with their coverage. Mm-hmm. If you if you put a lens that's designed to cover the 35 millimeters uh, sensor onto an APS-C sensor. Well, you're not using, you know, what, what falls on the sensor is generally the sweet spot of your lens. Uh, you know, it tends to have the most sharpness and, and, and clarity and you don't get the light fall off like you would get mm-hmm. using, using um, lenses. Now that's not necessarily the case with lenses that are designed for that format, but with the, the bigger lenses and, and you do get a, a, an angle of view equivalent to one and a half times longer. So that 300 millimeter lens that you just put on your camera now is big. It's, it's behaving like a 450 millimeter lens. And so for things like birding, this could be very useful. It meant you didn't have to go out and buy a 600, <laughs> you know, you could, right. you could save some money there. Um, and uh, so, so I used to have a, a D500 specifically for birding. Mm-hmm. Smaller f- file size, good resolution, fast frame rate, all of those things that are kind of moot now with newer cameras, but, but it was a big, a big thing. So 
those are some pros. Now, the, the flip side is that you run into some problems on the wide end, right? Because everything is one and a half times, you know, and, and this gets into the, the elephant in the room, which is the availability of lenses for your camera. Right. And, you know, we talked about the Fuji example where they have a whole lineup of lenses specifically designed for APS-C. And so the the focal length ranges for zooms make a lot of sense. They're, they're just certain ones that are comfortable for photographers in general and others that end up being a little bit weird or not mm -hmm. as useful. So, you know, their lineup makes a lot of sense. When you get into the Canon, Nikon and Sony lineups, it gets a little bit more difficult. Um, Sony's probably in a little bit better situation just because of all the third-party lenses too that can include mm -hmm. APS-C um, lenses. But you, if you're buying an APS-C format camera from one of those three brands, you really want to look at the available lenses and think hard about, mm -hmm. is that really the right format for what you're doing? because it, it can get a little bit awkward. We all, we both experienced that mm -hmm. with our very old Nikon DX cameras where, yeah, there were things that were great, but then times it was just like, God, this 28 to 70 zoom lens, which is a gorgeous lens in most cases, right. ends, ends up feeling kind of stupid a lot of right. the time. Right. You need, well, and, and here's, here's something that I've, I've struggled with understanding. I have not been able to understand, you know, Nikon, in particular, I'm going to pick on them a little bit, but they're all kind of guilty of this in some mm -hmm. respect. And, and is that if you're looking for lenses to use on your camera from the manufacturer specifically, uh, you know, they never really embraced professional style lenses on the wide end in particular for DX bodies. They certainly made a lot of wide-ish lenses, but but I'll give a perfect example of something that I might like to do. I mean, I, I like to do the occasional night sky photography, like when we went out last year to, to Utah, right? Mm -hmm. And the perfect lens for night sky photography is a fast wide angle lens. You want something in, you know, at least F2.8, and it needs to be at least equivalent of 20 millimeters or even wider, right? So that 14 to 24 2.8 is real nice, right? It's, it's kind of right. But you put that on a DX body or an APS-C body, and you know it's not that wide anymore, and and so your advantages disappear. Um, and when your native options, there are some wide, like there's a ten to, isn't there a ten to something Nikon? I think a, a zoom, or that you had, or a twelve, you know, or whatever they F were. F-mount. Yeah, and these were F-mount lenses, but they weren't very fast. They were F three and a half to four or somewhere in there there was never the equivalent lenses produced for whatever reason i don't know who makes these decisions right i'm not working right. for any of these companies but there was never a way to build a dx or aps-c kit in parallel to what you could get from the 35 millimeter lineup and this goes all the way back to the beginning when nikon first started putting out digital cameras and canon and everybody else you know it just and then they went full frame and everything oh, we're back to 35 millimeter again and it's all good but if you want to put together a APS-C kit you have to start looking elsewhere so what do you do you know one thing like you mentioned is third-party lenses there are some out there um, sometimes these end up being manual focus manual exposure um, some of them are very inexpensive you got to check for quality but 
but there are things, but you can, you can sometimes struggle with this. I mean, it's an area right now where I look at what, and we're talking about mirrorless cameras. Um, there aren't a lot of mirrorless DX lenses from Nikon right now. No, there's like three, three, maybe. Yeah. They added another one and they're all just general purpose. What you would consider consumer zooms. They're not bad lenses. No, but, but you're limited. They're not- slow. Right. They're, and, they're consumer yeah. build quality. And, and one could say, well, but you could just use the, the F mount or the, not the F mount. You could just use the, um, the uh, 35 millimeter, you know, Z mount lens. Well, yeah, you can, but they're bigger and heavier. And, and you run into that same problem, which is, well, what's my comparable focal length? It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, the 20 millimeter F18, which is a great lens that I have. Um, I use it for night photography. Well, you put that onto your um, APS-C, it's a 30 millimeter. That's not wide enough for night photography. Right. right. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it becomes kind of, it's a head scratcher. It's a weird space. Cause I don't know if anybody outside of where, like, you know, where Fuji is making this, you know, that is their lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like APS-C is getting orphaned a little bit at least on Nikon side. Now maybe Canon's going to do some stuff with these new cameras coming out. It's at least from the rumors I've read, it's like, here are your two or three lenses. Hope, hope, hopefully you like mid range or, right. you know, the travel zoom option, the, the, the classic That's 18 all to get. something 18, yeah. you know, which is a 27, 28 millimeter equivalent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's weird because I think there's, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't do market research. So, I mean, you and I could make a use case for having a, a smaller camera. Like we both had mm-hmm. had in the past, even the, you know, you have a, or, or, I mean, we had a ZFC and all these, all these things. And the idea of a small, you know, smaller camera kit that can do some things, you know, with decent resolution is, is quite nice, especially if you're packing them, <laughs> but you have to have the, the infrastructure around them to support it. Now, one thing I think that is worth pointing out is we have not been talking about image quality problems with APS-C, right? Right, right. And and while it's true that you'll hit the noise threshold a little bit earlier, about a stop earlier than you will, will with full-frame cameras, these the cameras themselves and the sensors can produce really, really nice images. Oh yeah. That's not, and an you issue. go down even further to micro four thirds, same statement, we'll produce gorgeous looking images, mm-hmm. typically not as much dynamic range. So you lose a little bit there. You're not going to have as much resolution typically as you might mm-hmm. in alternatives, but they can produce great images. No problem. But you talked about the noise threshold, but when your native lens is already slow, then it gets a little bit more then, then, then it puts you into a little box, you know? I mean, that there's a reason why I was liking using my iPhone in certain low light situations compared to my uh, Nikon ZFC because the ZFC's lens was just so much slower. It was requiring ridiculous ISOs to get, to get that. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of, you know, my own opinions on this stuff, you know, I had a D500 for a while too. Mm-hmm. I don't do as much wildlife or bird, bird photography as um, you typically do. So mm-hmm. mine really didn't get as much use as I thought. And I ended up um, giving it to a friend actually. Um, but if I'm thinking about the new ones, what I would, re- I think the idea of having uh, 
a parallel APS-C system in the Nikon, Canon, and Sony world is a good one. Mm-hmm. But I sure wish they would just make a few more lenses. Right. They, they should all make a good wide-angle zoom, you know, that, you know, like Fuji makes a 10 to 24 millimeter zoom for their APS-C cameras. Something like that is great in terms of practicality. They all ought to have something like that. They ought to make a few small primes as well mm-hmm. that correspond to like 24, 35, 50, 85, something like that. That would be wonderful if they all made that. You can get those with Sony, especially when you combine Sigma in there, um, but not with the other brands. I think they should all do that if they're going to bother making APS-C cameras. Well, that that becomes the question now, which is what is what are the manufacturers themselves? How are they viewing APS-C? And if I were to look at, you know, Nikon now with what they have, in, at least in the mirrorless side, they're viewing APS-C as an inexpensive consumer camera, period, the end. And it doesn't have a great transition path either out of it to their full frame cameras. There's there's a bit of one, but it's not a very good transition option. Same thing mm-hmm. will be the case with Canon. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not really a parallel system. It's like a sub thing. And it's I, I feel like they're getting kind of orphaned. And it's just strange that we don't have more of this environment ecosystem around that format from within the manufacturers. And that could be for any number of reasons, right? I mean, there's not you know, costs. I, I mean, yeah, it could just be as simple as that. You know, they're they're in business to um, you know, make products, but they're also in business to make profits. So it's yeah, uh, nothing wrong with it, it, right. With I that. mean that that's how we do it. So so I don't know what what market research says, but um, you know, it would be nicer if there was an APSC option in within the same brand, you know, that you could have some interchangeable stuff, but also have some dedicated things. So if you want to say, hey, I like this format for the smaller camera, but you know what? I want to stay in my own area of expertise, you know, the ergonomics, the layout, the controls. I mean, that's something that Nikon particularly does well. Uh, you know, across all their cameras, it uses very familiar menus and, and and control layouts. So you don't have to really change your brain patterns and rewire yourself switching between those those cameras. But I haven't found a good <laughs> good reason to do it yet. Yeah. So anyway, maybe our listeners have some compelling arguments and some stuff that they're using. I mean, again, it's not like APS-C is a bad format. It's just no. how is it being supported out there right now? It's and that's what's lacking. Yeah. So if you have, you're one of our listeners, um, both of you who are listening right now, um, want to uh, <laughs> send us a note. The easiest way to do that is directly to our Facebook page. So facebook.com slash image doctors. So we'd like to hear if you're using one of these, what your experience is or what, what, you, what your workarounds maybe are or what, if you agree with us, disagree with us, whatever. Have at it. Yeah. One thing I'll just briefly mention is a wrap-up thing that's non-APS-C, but you could certainly use an APS-C camera for this. Is Just a reminder about our um, Santa Fe and Taos workshop that's in October. Should be a lot of fun. It's um, The enrollment's gone up quite a bit just in the last um, two weeks. So, Well, I mean, by the, mathematical terms, it's gone up infinitely. 
very true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are planning to hold that in in um, towards the end of uh, I think it's like our October twentieth or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and we right now with our enrollment holds, we'll, we'll be able to to, to go do as it. planned. Yeah, we're yeah. we're not looking at and any it. And it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, 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 I'm excited. And plus, there's good food to eat there. It's just a it's a nice area. So it really is. Yeah, it's enjoyable. You could certainly use a, a camera like that on that that type of a trip. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to add, Rick? Or are we nope. pretty much good? Okay. Enough. Well, until next time, uh, we'll see you. You know where to find us. Happy shooting. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>